You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. My guest today is Tori Beecham, and I'm excited to dive in. I mean, we met for the first time up at um, Group Fly. You do some some creative stuff at Vernon, which is super awesome, and I'm super thankful because we had an awesome video come from that. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. But you know, when we got talking, there's obviously a lot more to the story, uh, and I'm excited to dive into it. Um, so before we do dive into that stuff, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, you know, where you grew up, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my name is Tori Beecham, um, born and raised in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Rose State for two years, graduated there, transferred over to OU, um, graduated there in public relations. So um, I kind of had an inkling for like anything like art graphic wise sure. and uh I I took a photography class mm-hmm. at Rust State and I was like man this is kind of cool and my parents were like well you have this camera so you need to use it <laughs> right. so uh I ended up um you know just jumping into the photography world kind of dabble in the videography world mm-hmm. a little bit um and as far as like how we met with yeah. you know at Groupfly um Vern was actually one of my um uh, youth pastors at at church yeah. and so at the time I think he was kind of just getting you know group fly up and running so sure. you know I'd always known about it and stuff and one day I was over there getting some some merchandise for one of our businesses and yeah. he was like hey Tori you shoot right and I was like yeah <laughs> well I want to try this thing called fly Die Friday so uh we kind of started that yeah. and and it's become its own thing, right? I mean, he's yeah, it's kind of Friday, its own thing, message, and yeah. you know, people kind of like watching it, and we're trying to trying to revamp it a little bit and yeah. make it better than you know currently what it is. But it's, a lot the, it's good though, isn't it? and it, the key obviously is consistency, isn't it? With that stuff, like with the podcast and other stuff, like if you're gonna do something and like Vin and commits to doing it every Friday, then you have to do it every Friday. Yeah, you know, and that's I mean, you don't have to, right? But, but I mean, it helps, and especially <laughs> it starting help. out, it helps. Yeah, to it do really does that stuff. But so early life, um, Oklahoma City. Your family, brothers and sisters? Um, I have uh, three step brothers. They mm-hmm. um, live in Florida, so. So they're it's loving nice. life in the sun. <laughs> when it was two weeks or three weeks ago, when it was freezing cold, Florida was just fine. Yeah, so I am the only one here, you uh-huh. know. So yeah. But. So and 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 parents as well. So you did. Yeah. yeah. You have family restaurant business. Sure. Uh, so growing up, did parents already have the business as well, or like how do you get into like that no, side of things too? Yeah. So my parents, um, you know, my my dad was in the military. Um, so after graduate or not graduating, but after uh, retiring from the military, he um, started working as a civilian on base. Uh-huh. So he still actually has his nine to five job. Yeah. And uh, my mom, uh, she uh, worked at the VA hospital for like over twenty years and. Yeah. Once I got into, uh, I think it was my junior year of college, um, my mom kind of did a 
change in like her work career. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ended up, you know, starting to do case management because she's always had a heart for um, kids and, you know, just the community. Yeah. And so she started to um, case manage stu- like kids, you know, and we had these buildings and mm-hmm. basically we were leasing some buildings. They were really cheap rent, you know, so we were like, oh, okay, well we can, you know, make this, you know, something where these kids would want to come to. So right. There were, you know, video game units in there. There were computers in there for kids that didn't have computers. Kind of like that a boys and girls club. Kind of like it's yeah. its own little boys and girls club. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, one of the rooms had more stuff in it. So all the kids were like, well, we want to go to that one instead of this one. Right. Because she kind of had it separated through like age groups. But everybody ends up going to this other, the other side of uh, one of the buildings. And I was like, hey we have this empty building over here. Uh, I think I can use it. You know, I can do something with it. So she kind of was like, well, you know, tell me what you think, right. you know, whatever. So I tell my parents, I was like, okay, so I got a friend at that goes to the same church as me. He's doing like poetry and he's doing it at a place that the demographic is a lot older than what he actually sure. is. Yeah. And so um, we end up... Um, doing like starting a poetry lounge so it was like poetry live music uh you know all the all the things art so for me you know i love music love poetry but i don't actually do those things but i figured because i have a passion for shooting photography you know yeah yeah so i can showcase these people that come up every week and you know so we did that for about three three years strong you know but kind of within that um after like the second year of doing it people were like you guys need to have food you guys need to start doing food and when i was like uh we don't know anything (laughs) about a whole different deal right? (laughs) like this is completely different so uh we end up you know where are where the where the poetry lounge was at maybe like a minute up the street yeah there was a, a a place that was available um you know, to rent. And so we were like, you know what, maybe this is a sign, you know, maybe, you know, it's on the same street. It just, ha- we pass this place every day yeah. and it just happens to open up. So we end up, um, getting into that and now we have a full on restaurant. restaurant. And so, uh, you know, restaurant life is yeah a lot different than just doing shows <laughs> right but so it came from like ministry at first then right like you, yeah you could with say the, with the kids doing that stuff with the kids and, and doing that and and also your background in the church and, and connections of the church and sure. stuff like that mm-hmm. and then you know you do the poetry side of things who were on that like what, what year was that and who was involved uh that was like 2013 okay yeah 20 yeah 2013 2014 um and uh, at the time, Willis Lusk, mm-hmm. um, he was he also went to my high school, so yeah. uh, I knew him from high school and church. And then um, I, <laughs> upon my freshman year of college, um, I had a class with a lady whose son played um, keys. Uh-huh. So um, I reached out to him, and crazy enough, we actually used to go to the same school a long time ago and didn't yeah. even realize it. So it was kind of like oh man, all the pieces are here, you know, right. let's just, let's just do it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a super successful. And then you pass in this, you know, this restaurant building every day and they think, okay, it's clearly a sign we're mm-hmm. diving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, 
How does that work? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, if you've never done this before, what's, what food do you think you're serving? I mean, opening yeah. a restaurant is tough, but opening a restaurant if you've never done it before, it's a whole other animal, whole other isn't it? Thing. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so the type of food we like to eat a lot is Southern comfort food. Obviously, we're in Oklahoma, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans. Yeah. That's the thing. Mac and cheese, you know. Oh, yeah. So uh, we knew that that was probably the angle we were going to go with it. Kind of inspiration from it. There's a place in Texas we used to go to called Buttons. Okay. In that restaurant, um, it was kind of like a spin on soul food, you know, type foods and stuff. Yeah. and they would have like live bands play in the in the evening time, mm-hmm. so you kind of get like the dinner and the show type of thing. Right. So that was the whole vibe that we wanted because we knew okay we already have the people that can do the music, yeah. you know. So which all we is, have to do which is, is like to, the opposite, right? For some people opening restaurants, they have the food and then they think oh we need to bring entertainment to kind of create a culture. But you already yeah. had sort of like this vibe and this culture. You yeah. just had to bring the food side to things, which yeah. is which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you guys model it on buttons and and you just kind of have music and food running at the same time and it becomes that was the plan. Yeah, that was the plan. But we all know you know oh yeah things never right. turn out the way you want it to, yeah. right? So kind of before we even. Um, really you know got into you know trying to do the whole music with the food and all that because obviously you got to have menus and all that thing yeah so um what we started doing we were like you know what people go out to eat every sunday after church that's the thing Mm -hmm. you know so why don't we create some kind of a um you know some kind of a, a thing where people can you know, just come to our restaurant after yeah. church every Sunday. So we started doing what we call so soul food Sundays. So, um, you know, crazy idea. Cause as a local business, it's really hard to do like an all you can eat buffet. Right. <laughs> but we managed to do that for five years. Wow. So okay. like in the whole kind of restaurant boom that Oklahoma city has been going through, right. As mm-hmm. well, which is not never easy because you got restaurants popping up all over the place. Mm-hmm. But the great thing is you had this following already. You already had the customer it was, client it was base, a, right? Kind or of. sort of. You it had people to market to. We did, but it was, the, the crazy thing is, is the part of town that we were on is an older part mm. of town. So most of the people that live there, um, you know, are well into their 60s, 70s. And most of their kids are not living on that side sure. of town anymore. So um, it's on the east side of Oklahoma off of Northeast 23rd. Um, so... It was kind of hard, uh-huh. you know, at first. You know, I remember, you know, kind of yeah. like Vern was alluding to, I remember those, you know, days of sitting in the restaurant. I'm like, man, are people going to come? Do <laughs> yeah. people see, you, you gotta know? you got to go through that struggle. Yeah, it was, it was a struggle for, for sure. But, uh, yeah, well, once we started doing, you know, the all-you-can-eat on Sundays, um, you know, more and more people started to know about us. And what we did was uh, every Wednesday night we would – we would take flyers mm-hmm. and go to these local churches around and we were just putting them on cars, putting them on cars. And so like, um, you know, eventually people started coming and then it started getting to like the pastors at the church. So they were like telling their congregations yeah, and stuff, Hey, yeah. after church, you know, I went to this place after church, you know, everybody go over here. And it's crazy because the bigger that it got, um, it almost was like a, Almost like, you know, like going to a family reunion where you have, you know, people you haven't seen in forever. So it was almost still like a community thing to where we had, you know, several different churches of different, you know, denominations 
coming right. to eat our food on Sunday. So I was like, man, this is really cool. That's really, you know? yeah, that is really cool and super unique too. And just to have that and, and you know, you're right. Every Sunday, right after church, you have the, you know, it doesn't every, matter, every, it doesn't you know, matter, it doesn't matter what you are. somewhere, you are. right, yeah. for food. <laughs> That's awesome. So you did that for five years. Yeah. You know, with COVID and everything, yeah. um, we kind of shift gears a little bit. So we no longer are at that location anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up investing into a mobile kitchen. So okay. it's kind of like a mobile trailer, but, yeah. you know, um, a little bit bigger. But <laughs> right. Not, not just your average food truck. Yeah, truck. Yeah. This is like a catering truck, right? Yeah, pretty much like yeah. a full long kitchen in there. So yeah. that's kind of what we've been preparing for and kind of trying, you know, to sure figure out how we're going to do it because it's a lot different you know when yeah, you're in a like mobile a, business that's yeah. different than having a full-on restaurant yeah. you know? and and i said with covid the whole situation restaurants having to pivot to going full to go or yeah I mean, you, when you're you know when your model is based around getting people together and hanging out yeah well covid ruined that didn't it <laughs> it's like oh great now you can't do that and and getting all you can eat to go is not the same as like right. <laughs> getting all you can eat and sitting there and enjoying going back up and back up and getting, you know, as much food as you want because mm-hmm. uh, trying different things. Like it's, yeah, it's, that, that's not fun at all to go through that. And I'm sure, you know, I've spoken to many of the restaurant owners that have had to deal with, you know, now they have a, they had to go online or they had to do to go and, and yeah. they didn't have that before. And others too haven't done that. Right. I mean, sure. I think, what was it, last recently this year, Anne's Chicken Fried closed on Route 66 because they didn't, I guess, seem to survive it by yeah. not changing. But yeah, sad deal for sure. Uh, okay, so so that's the restaurant side of things. Mm-hmm. Did you, before the restaurant then, did you like cooking personally or was this just literally deep end? Oh, yeah, let's just throw, you know. <laughs> this was literally... It. All right, I think we're going to dive in. Let's try it. I don't know if it's going to work. You know, th- that's literally what it was. Like, yeah. um, And crazy enough, my grandmother actually, she's like the cook in our family. So every Thanksgiving, you know, mm. we all go over to her house and she makes a big feast for all of us. And yeah. like, we didn't know like how like well she was, you know, how, how good of a cook she was because right. we've been spoiled all of our lives. So... Um, it really turned out like most of the recipes and things that we would do is like the things that she, mm-hmm. um, you know, has been doing for years. And my dad, he, before, um, you know, before he entered into the service and stuff, he actually worked at a restaurant when he was, you know, a kid and stuff. So yeah. he kind of had a little bit of experience. Um, and my dad's from Texas, so he has a different, you know, sure you know, different tastes for things, yeah, but yeah. you know, my dad's a pretty good cook too. So yeah. it kind of was like, all right, so we kind of use a little bit of this, use a little bit of this. Um, you know, and thankfully like we've hired some people that mm-hmm. had some really great, um, expertise as yeah. far as, uh, working in restaurants before that kind of helped us along the way. So yeah. we've been, uh, pretty, really pretty cool. fortunate to not have known anything about working in a restaurant, you know, and in the restaurant world, that in competitive industry, <laughs> and survive, you yeah. know. Well, I guess, yeah, you know, kind of, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, you still have, you know, even though you've pivoted, right? It's still a business. Sure. Yeah. Um, while this is all going on, are you still doing creative and still doing videography and stuff like that? Yeah, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of, I don't really advertise a lot sure. of just, you know, telling people, hey, book me, book me, book yeah. me. It's more so like if you know me, word of mouth, you know. 
and I have the time to do it, I'll do it. But yeah. More of a passion and a hobby that you sort of make money from every now and then. Sure. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of a nice thing too, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it not is. tied to like You're not tied I to have it. to make money this yeah. week. And yeah. it's kinda like, you know, sometimes and it's crazy because you know, when people reach out and they're like, hey, I need, you know, you to shoot some engagement photos or I've got some family photos that I want to do. It's crazy that right after that, more people keep asking. And I'm like, man, how do you even say anything about this? Yeah. But, you know. Someone posts it, they tag you in it. They're like, oh, I know, Tori. Why <laughs> oh, is she still shooting? Yeah, yeah. Oh, let me reach out. Yeah. You know, so. And then you booked for another couple, you know, a couple of months or whatever, which is, I mean, it's great, isn't it? And it's, it's. do you see it as kind of like fun money that comes in that you get to do, yeah. you know, do go on vacation or whatever it is rather than, hey, this is my legit job. Like, because it could, it would be more stressful, right? If it was. Yeah, for sure. It, yeah. it would definitely would be. Like, I like um, having flexibility, you know, mm. to just shoot whenever yeah. yeah that's kind of what the podcast was it's kind of started and turned <laughs> into something else it's what it started out as um so so we're we're by the time this goes out it would have been the one year celebration of culture coffee mm-hmm. and you know at such a pivotal time in the world in america in oklahoma i mean it couldn't have been a better time to launch that for you guys right yeah. Um, Tell me about all that stuff, because there's so much stuff that's gone on and so much stuff in that, I mean, as well as the coffee being amazing and all the specialty ones that you do, which, I mean, that's a whole <laughs> different conversation we could definitely dive into. But, um, you know, with the having a food, having a restaurant for five years, mm-hmm. where did the idea come to have coffee? To have coffee, yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, one day we're just working along, you know, at the restaurant and... Um, a lady comes in and little did I know she'd been coming in a lot mm-hmm. and uh, she finally you know came over and spoke to me and she was like you know I'm interested you know to know like if the owners of this place she didn't know I wasn't one of the owners yeah. but she says I'm interested to know if one of you, the owners would be interested in opening up a coffee shop um, and I was like mm, I don't know. know nothing about that. Yeah. I don't know. And so I said, well, I can definitely, you know, yeah. tell them about it, you know, and, and see if that's something that they might want to do or whatever. But obviously, we didn't know anything about yeah. restaurants. So clearly, we know nothing about coffee. Um, you know, besides my dad wakes up every morning, gets his black coffee, and that's yeah. it, you know. But uh, yeah, so she... Um, you know, sends me all the information and everything. And I tell my parents and they were like, man, I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is already a struggle. You know, with restaurant, you have the overhead and mm-hmm. it's just a lot. And so um, we ended up just going over to look at the area and mm-hmm. we were like, man, this area is really cool. Yeah. You know, you're right by OU Medical Center, two minutes away from downtown, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. Cause people, I think people like the idea of like downtown. Yeah. Oh, it's downtown. I can be, you know, go to all these different places yeah. cause it's so close, but they, never they go. hate, yeah. they hate like, Oh man, parking's terrible. Right. Oh man, you got to pay to do every little thing you want to do down there. Yeah. So the idea of it is great. Right. But, um, yeah. So we were like, man, to be so close to downtown, that's awesome. And then, you know, just knowing and learning about the history of, you know, that that area, it's it sits in between um, 8th Street and 4th Street. Mm-hmm. And 4th Street is kind of like if you take 4th Street down like to downtown, you'll hit Deep Deuce area mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. So that whole little circle is um, ingrained with a lot of like African-American history and um 
you know, a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we figured, man, this could really be something, you know, you know, like we could be like some trailblazers here. Right. Yeah. And so, um, we ended up, you know, getting back and we were like, you know what? I think, I think this is something we want to do. Yeah. Um, but side note, um, because of our poetry lounge, you know, three, four years ago, I had a friend that actually is an avid coffee drinker. So, you know, I, I talked to him about it and he was like, yo, I'd love to, you know, be a part and, you know, show you guys around, take you to some shops, you know? So we kind of went to a couple of shops and his favorite shop to go to was Clarity. Um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah, downtown. Uh So Steve, yeah, Steve, Jen, maybe I think. Uh Yeah. 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 And Mm -hmm. so when we went there, um, you know, the vibe was awesome. Um, you know, they didn't know who we were or anything, but they were gracious enough to set up a whole like tasting for us. Really? Yeah. You know, and they were kind of talking through some of the coffees. Um, and you know, Steve was like, whatever you guys need, I can help you with it. And at the time he was still, uh, I think part owner of killer coffee too. So Mm -hmm. he was like, you know, we can set you up with coffee. We can get you the equipment. We can, you know. Yeah. help you with the build out as far as layout and stuff. So he was a really, you know, it's kind of like a godsend. Right. So and effectively that's some of you, that's competition for you, right? You know, like I kind of would bit. have been like opening up a coffee shop. Like he could have seen you as competition. I thought, no, yeah. uh, I'm not going to help you guys. Yeah. Like you're on your own. And what's crazy, yeah. like in the restaurant business, that's all you have is like a lot of competition. And it's yeah. like, anytime you see somebody pop up, it's like, Oh man, they're going to be stealing, stealing some of my, my customers. But yeah. what I've learned in the coffee world, totally different. Totally different. It's almost That's really like good to hear. it's almost like people want you. Okay. There, they they are like the more the more coffee places, the better. Yeah. You know, and I think that you know, being a black owned coffee shop is something that Oklahoma I don't think has ever seen before. Oklahoma City yeah. has never seen before. So. Um, It definitely is like a challenge for us. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's something that, you know, everybody is like, man, I'm so glad that, you know, there's something different. Right. Yeah. Is there like, to that point, like being a black owned coffee shop, is there like a stigma around coffee that's like for that? Did you have to overcome anything like that? Because I'm thinking like all the coffee shops I'm thinking of, I'm like, I mean, the ones that are downtown, but like it's... I don't know. Is there was there a difference? Like, why isn't there black-owned coffee shops? I mean, is is it not something that that you guys like think about coffee? I I, I don't know. I mean, I I'm the same say, as you, right? I do. Not, I'm not a coffee not person a coffee at person. all. I like press the coffee machine maker <laughs> right, and add a bit of yeah, <laughs> add a bit of milk, and that's it. Right? This yeah. is about as far as I go. Yeah. But I have friends who are like super into their coffee and yeah. make you know they spend like seven hundred dollars on a machine in their house, and I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, you know, curious to know why there hasn't been one already. And then, I mean, for you, obviously, it seemed like the right thing to do in time. But yeah. um, I'm coming from a non-coffee background, too. Um, I think that a lot of, um, I would say that, like, the African-American culture, we drink coffee. Mm-hmm. But specialty coffee is something different. And I think that going to a coffee shop, um, and there's all these different things that you can order. It's like overwhelming. Yeah. So, cause I mean, when I first went to Clarity, I was like, uh, 
yeah, you're going to have to order something because right. I have no idea. Yeah. You know, and it gets overwhelming because you, you right. see you see like movies and stuff and you see the coffee snobs and it's like they know exactly what they want. If you get it wrong, it's like double pump this, the shot of whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, it's it's complicated. So yeah. I think that, you know, the <laughs> that the whole like being scared because you don't know. Yeah. Is a huge thing. Um, but I also think that because you, if you don't have representation of it, it kind of mm. feels like that's not for me. Okay. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of it when you think of coffee shop and co- coffee shops and specialty or like, you know, not to say any names of people, places in town, but everyone knows like the premier coffee shops in town and where they go and you see the people that go to that. It is very hipster, white, like, yeah, yeah. you know, and then to a point like Starbucks was like that too. And it probably is like there's plenty of, you know, mums or whatever that go to Starbucks after dropping their kids off and they order... I mean, you know, I'm like, I'll take a latte and yeah, let's yeah. add some caramel syrup, syrup, maybe. Like, that's about as far as I go. But there are, you know, it's it, coffee is, uh, I've kind of heard people do this, say this too, is it, it kind of related to like the wine community, right? Where yeah. like, if you don't know anything about wine, everyone kind of looks down on you. Yeah. And like, coffee's kind of gone like the that. same way, right? Because yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm not a coffee person <laughs> and I'm sure there are people listening to this at the same way. Yeah. You know, being from the UK, grew up drinking tea, you yeah. know, right? And that's, that's about as far as it goes. I didn't drink coffee until I came out here. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure it was super interesting to get into that, right? And then dive in and have and learn and, and all this stuff that's going on and through a friend who likes coffee and that was been a great help too. Yeah. Um, I could say also, you know, like, as far as not being, not seeing other, you know, black owned coffee shops, I think that, you know, we don't know how expensive that is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. the startup of coffee is, is super expensive, especially, you know, um, you know, equipment, things that you need, your espresso machine alone is like 16 grand. Jeez, that's a, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know that. That's crazy. So it's like, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. going to spend this much money for one piece of equipment. That's why coffee costs six bucks. <laughs> right? right. And that's yeah. another thing that yeah. as far as like, you know, talking about, you know, why, um, you know, African-American people might not go to um, coffee shops, it's because the price of mm-hmm. buying a cup of coffee. Yeah. And, you know, something that I had to learn was, you know, how many times, you know, a bag of coffee gets, you know, how it's sourced mm-hmm. and what it takes to get here. And then what it takes for us to make it, Yeah, you know, it's not cheap. Right. So, and then, you know, when you go to Starbucks, yeah, you might can get, you know, the huge sizes or mm-hmm. whatever. But what I've learned is that, um, local coffee shops really care, mm-hmm. um, you know, down to who's, 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 uh, how could you say that? Like the farmers who yeah, are taking it, like yeah, there's no the middleman. It's like try and get it straight from the source to help them out. So they get much of it. Right. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's pretty rough, you know, yeah. people are out there literally, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And we look at it like, oh man, I, I had no idea that that was happening. Yeah. So. Yeah, they like typical like I mean, and it's it, obviously it's it's in coffee a lot, but it is in other industries as well. If you're a farmer, but you're right, like it's there's so many like middlemen taking their cut and then yeah. marking up or, but the money that like you have paid for the coffee, the farmer isn't seeing nowhere near that amount, you know, and it's it's sad sometimes, right? Because they kind of bigger companies come in and they just yeah. kind of wave their big wand around and hey, we're a big company, and we're gonna yeah. you know and kind of push people around, but thankfully there are 
other middleman companies out there that are for the farmers, right? Kind of sure. the conversations I've had with a friend of mine who owns a coffee shop, he you know, he went with that company and was like, Yeah, we're gonna go and meet the people and do mm-hmm. it, which is so cool to go to Guatemala or Yeah, that's so you know. cool. Yeah. Hopefully like one day we can, you know, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But you know, like we use um we go through either killer or prelude um for our beans and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, they have relationships with whoever yeah. they get it from and, you know. Yeah. So so when this lady comes to you and thinks about coffee and you start doing research and think, I'm going to go all in. Yeah. What time of year was that? That was before COVID. Like, yeah. Assume, so right? we started this probably like mid 2018. Okay. So, um, yeah, we were, you know, doing the planning of it, you know, trying to come up with names, trying mm-hmm. to do all that you know and the area that we are in was a brand new um place it's on the bottom of an apartment complex so the place had been sitting empty nothing in there yeah so i think what what some people don't know is whenever you go to a place where nothing's in it you have to do the build out yeah so that was the next part so it took us like a a good year to even get that going you know i had a friend because of you know the lounge I had a friend that uh was an architect he went to OU and um he had never done like commercial spaces so uh, I reached out and I was like hey would you be interested in in you know designing this this shot for us and he was like heck yeah I've never done you know a large project like this but I'd love to do it yeah and so um his work was super good um he didn't actually build it, but the design plan sure. um, came up with it. And uh, Gardner Architects actually did the, um, you know, all of the build, um, out, build out and everything. Or, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for, so starting, I mean, that's quite a while you've been working towards opening up, you know, opening day. Mm-hmm. Um what were the talks about, you know, the name and how did you go about that? And then obviously the business model, what were you thinking for, because I think coffee shops around here, every one of them has like their identity, right? You've sure. got to have that sure. to, you know, like in a brand and, and just whatever it is that, you know, you are going to center around. Mm-hmm. What were the talks like when you were thinking of that? Yeah. Name wise, that was hard because mm-hmm. um, we didn't know what we were. I mean, it went from, you know, we look up coffee names. Oh, perk. That's a word, yeah. you know, uh, jitters. That's a word, uh, you know we think of all these things and it was like, I don't, I don't know if this connects. And so, um, I don't know one day in, in conversation, um, I don't know if I said it or, or who said it, but somehow somebody said, Oh, we could just do it for the culture. Yeah. And I was like, uh, at the time that was like a saying that everybody was saying, Oh, do it for the culture, yeah. do it for the culture. And I was like, buzzword at first yeah. I was like, man, this is so cliche. I'm not for it. I do not yeah. think this, this is going to work. And so I think, um, you know, as you're coming up with names, you always try to like keep saying it. So you get used to it. So, um, you know, we just kept saying, ah, culture coffee, yeah. culture coffee. And then I kept thinking, I was like, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, about culture of people. Right. It could be, you, we could be saying, you know, that coffee has its own culture, you know, yeah. with kind of like what we're talking about with, you know, how the farm process and how, right. you know, and so I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe we can do that. Maybe let's go with culture coffee. So we kind of landed on that name and, um, you know, just conversations about what it would look like. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, 
the first day of doing like our soft launch, I was scared as I'll know what, you know, cause I was like, yeah, you know, I, obviously because I don't drink coffee, I don't actually make um, coffees, you know, like right. lattes. Now I can do, you know, I can make you a drip coffee cause right. you're just pushing a button, Same. but yeah. you know, the craft coffee with espresso drinks and lattes and things like that. Um, you know, we had to find some, a team of people yeah. and killer, you know, really gave us a great, um, barista she's also a black barista her name's mm-hmm. talitha um she was amazing yeah she uh, really helped formulate our team um of people that we have now currently and um she really like helped train us and like teach us you know how we can make this work and she right. was like you guys can do it it's not you know all yeah. the people that i have on staff with me have currently worked at other okay. shops so they knew coffee but it was kind of like right this is different. So, you know, how do we make this work? And so one day, um, one of our employees says, Hey, have you ever got, have you ever heard of like cereal milk lattes? And I was like, yeah, I've heard of that. I've never had it. Is it good? You know? And he was like, it's really good. I think we should try it. So this is kind of COVID's happening, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You've launched at this point. Yeah. We've launched, we've launched at this point. And so we did the first two months, um, March rolls around, we had to close down. And um, we come back in June and I just, we just hired another guy to come on. And so, um, so he's mentioning, you know, the, the, the cereal milk. And so, um, you know, one day I was like, all right, I'm gonna get a box of cereal and we'll try it. So yeah. we tried, a, I think it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> it is, and at the yeah. time, I didn't know like how many shops in Oklahoma City were doing Syrian milk lattes. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, Leaf and Bean may have been like one of the sure. other shops that were doing it. But I think we kind of took it and ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> because it like kind of blew up and like we had people come in, you know, from everywhere trying to get these Syrian milk lattes. But I think that it also in June, that was also the time, um, where we had a lot of racial injustice. Uh, I think George Floyd had Mm -hmm. just, um, yeah, you know, been killed and a lot of people were for, uh, you know, black lives matter. So us being the only black owned shop was kind of like, I hate the situation that had to take place, but I'm glad that people started like spotlighting, um, Mm -hmm. you know, black owned businesses. Yeah. And it's kind of something that I hope isn't just like something that happens in Black History Month or right, just a pass June, and yeah, or, yeah you yeah. know, it's something it that stays and it's consistent. Yeah, it should be yeah. consistent, you know, because that's I think that that's part of the problem with, um, you know, just black owned businesses staying around in mm-hmm. general, because there's not a lot of like avenues to where you get a lot of attention. You know, right. We look at magazines in the local papers and stuff that have all these restaurants around and it's mm-hmm. like, man, I don't see any, you know, yeah. black owned place. That's like really the only ones that I don't see. Yeah. I see everybody else. And it's like, hopefully we get to a point to where you see it all. Yeah. You know? And there's some amazing restaurants in town from that. And I know yeah. JB has been a huge advocate too, right? With his sure. JB likes food when mm-hmm. that was going on. And, mm-hmm. and I haven't been there yet, but I hear great reviews about, is it black walnut? Yeah. I've yeah. had nuts reviews about I've that. I've never been yet. Yeah, but I it keep was... hearing things. I'm like, I have to go try this place out because it's oh, supposed yeah, to yeah. be amazing. I've, hear, I've um, heard it's really good. Uh, Chef Andrew Black mm-hmm. it runs it. He actually came to Culture a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And when I was talking to him, he was like, hey, you got to come check it out. So I was like, yeah, I got to mark right. down, you know, hey, let's go check this place out. So yeah. 
So, so all this stuff's going on. The good thing is that you have an opportunity to people are highlighting black owned businesses and you, you know, you're there, you're open, which is like I say, the, the situation is horrific, but yeah. the good thing is that you have a business to sure. help and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. What keeps bringing people back though is the product, sure. right? They love that latte, right? They love mm-hmm. the cereal milk. And then you guys think, hang on, let's double down and start. Because you guys have, there's not just, you have a bunch of new different ideas that come. And I'm sure as a business owner, when that happened, you know, your intuition is is as a business owner for the last, you know, 10, five years or whatever, like, hang on a second. This is something. We have something here. What else can we make? Mm -hmm. And then from a barista's perspective, I'm sure the the team was like, I get to run and be freedom and have create, create, you know, just full time to create. And how good is that as a creator, even if it's coffee, to be like, yeah, come up with something, yeah, do you know? So how was that process after the you know the the cereal milk latte went, you know, bonkers, and then people started thinking, well, well what else do you have? Yeah. Um it was kind of like, you know, if you're a creative person, you never get enough. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that was good. What else can we do? Right. And so uh, the cool thing is everybody on our team, very talented. Like I have really been blessed with mm-hmm. a great group of people, um, you know, from all walks of life. You know, I have a guy that drives from Edmond, deep down in Edmond yeah. to come to the east side of Oklahoma <laughs> to come, you know, make coffee. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that that's that's awesome because I'm not driving 45 minutes to come to work. Right. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the, I think the great thing is that we have a really creative um, staff and I am not the type of, like, I guess you could say boss that's, mm-hmm. like, looking over your shoulder or, you know. Right. I'm like, yo, if you guys have something, let me know. Let's try it. If we all like it, yeah, and we know that that's something that's like, because nine times out of ten, if four or five people on your team like it, majority of people are probably yeah. Gonna like and if it. they're like the biggest critics because they're the ones making it, yeah. And for the most part, people like myself who aren't coffee <laughs> connoisseurs would basically, you know, be like, oh yeah, that's amazing, of course, sure. You know? So um, yeah, so I'm like, you know. If you guys have an idea for, you know, something, you know, let me know and we can definitely try it out. But the cool thing is, is that they'll come up with, you know, whatever drink they want to, you know, try to make. And then because I shoot, I pretty much run all of our social media. So I Mm -hmm. shoot all the stuff you're seeing. Um, It's almost like a whole creative process. And I think like all of us like that and enjoy it because they're like, man, that was my drink. I came up with that. Yeah. And then when they see so many people coming in buying it, they're like, I came up with that. Yeah. And these people are buying it, you know? Right. So I think that, you know, it's, I think it's just a great, you know, deal to just, you know, let your staff be creative and mm-hmm. be who they are and do the things that they do instead of trying to micromanage or, you know, yeah. make things your way. Cause obviously I have to depend on them because I don't know, right. I don't know that coffee world, you know, yeah. if I did, you know, I still think I would be that type of a person to where, Hey, let's figure it out. You right. know? And I feel like when I was a kid, I, I played sports. So I feel that because I was always a part of teams, I understand, you know, let's use each other's strengths yeah. to make this right. better. So, 
Um, and being a business owner, like you hire, you know, for, for you hire specific talents because you know that, hey, this is collectively going to bring everyone together and I have no idea how to do this. I'm going to hire someone who's really good at it yeah, uh, or the, someone like the best that I can. Um, and then to the point you just made about letting like your team have kind of like the freedom in it to, you know, because they'll take value in that and ownership in that. They do. And then they, you get better product and sure. better, bigger buy-in and you get a you know an employee who drives 45 minutes from Edmund to come down and work for you every day. Yeah. So what, uh, talking about specialty coffee stuff, what's on the menu right now or seasons or what have, what have you guys done in the past that have been a hit and stuff like that? Um, we really had a really good turnout with our uh, our Christmas specials that we did. Mm-hmm. We did a, we had like a spicy mocha. <laughs> that yeah. was pretty good. I think we called it a hot chocolate squared. <laughs> that was something that was pretty cool. Um but what we ended up doing, uh, we haven't actually done cereal milks in a while mm-hmm. because of all the like seasons and stuff. So we did a graham cracker milk. So it's kind of same, you know, yeah. and that one was really cool. It was like a Teddy Graham, um, a Teddy Graham latte. Yeah. Oh, no, it was a Teddy Graham portato. And then we also had the uh, campfire latte. Yeah. That was kind of like our take on s'mores. Mm-hmm. But you know, with COVID and everything, um, you know, you got some shops doing just to go only. Some mm-hmm. shops are serving at a real um, ceramic ware. Yeah. We chose to still do to-go cups. You can sit in, but we were to-go doing cups. to-go cups. Yeah. And so, like, our my team, they were like, man, if we could really use ceramics, we could make this look really cool. We could, you know, do all this cool stuff. And I was like, well, why can't we do it with the to-go cups, yeah. you know? Let's just keep the lid off to where they still get to see your art. They can, you know, yeah. with some of them, we were putting a marshmallow in a a, a chocolate okay. in a little cup. So they yeah. kind of got the idea of what we were going for. So it's been kind of cool trying to still, you know, pivot sure. around, you know, the situation, but still make it fun to where people are like, oh, I got a little this right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. Because, I, I mean, the, the post that you put out today, what what drink was that? Cause the, I mean, oh, it's going to be our birthday cake latte yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, because that so. looks awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, it actually has cake. Like, Does it really? It has cake um, mix in it, oh, so God, I'm excited that about so that. Sounds so good. <laughs> uh, is that going to be around just for tomorrow? Is that going to be? A yeah, thing? I think it's going to be just tomorrow. Like we do some stuff that is like a one day only yeah. thing, which crazy enough, I've been finding like when you do one day onlys, people are like, "Okay, I got to get there." Yeah, and it's kind of a good like marketing pitch. Sure. Um, you know, because like when you have it, when you have something that's there all the time and they right. know, oh, I can come get it then. I when can it, come. Yeah. It's they kind don't of, come and they get don't it. come and get You're it. Right. But when you say yeah. this is the only day, yeah. somehow magically they arrive. It's like the Girl Scout th- syndrome, right? The Girl Scout like scenario. scenario yeah. I don't know that came from. But yeah, like, you know, he's like, I can get it between this day and this day. So I'm going to load up and buy as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And sadly for people listening to this podcast, it's going to go out in time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but follow Culture Coffee for, for all the stuff. I'll put the links down in the description so you can go and keep on track for other drops that are coming. Yeah, we um, do like monthly ones, so yeah. we're always trying to do something monthly. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might not be five drinks, but you know, we try yeah. to we try to make sure we uh, use um, you know do some tea specials mm-hmm. as well for people that don't drink coffee. Yeah. So like yourself, you could you know right. yeah. come in and see that oh this is a cool tea, I want to try that you yeah. know so. 
Uh, so recently, you guys have been featured in, I mean, the last couple of months, you guys have been featured in some big things, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Thunder Kiss and and, other, and Edible as well. So mm-hmm. how has that been? What has that been like? And, and a kind of a cool milestone, right, coming up to a year that, that you, these people have reached out. I mean, to do that, Edible is obviously a powerhouse within town of food and co- you know coffee and stuff like that. And obviously yeah. the Thunder, I mean, that's, that's a huge <laughs> deal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it actually was really it's kind of like overwhelming cuz mm-hmm. uh i'm the i'm the type of person that i don't like to talk a lot i like to just kind of do my thing behind yeah. scenes you that's know that's the creative side in you too right it's like i'm going to be behind the camera and create yeah. rather yeah. than like in front of it yeah on, on but i'm trying to you know yeah. I'm trying to just step out there and get better at it but well we appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> everyone listening does too but uh yeah so um yeah them reaching out you know, it's been really cool. I think, you know, like I said, because we were the only black owned coffee shop mm-hmm. in OKC, um, it wasn't hard to find. So, um, but I think like, like you're saying, like when people go to our social media page and they see the pictures and stuff, it's like it, I hope it's something that makes people want to go there. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, it ran across from somebody, they reached out and, you know, yeah. I just was like, yeah, let's do it. And, and so I think that, uh, edible, you know, they, we love the people over there and they have really, uh, helped us out a lot. And amazingly, they actually, uh, offered me a spot to be a contributing ph- photographer for oh, them. Oh, so, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I was really excited about that. And so, um, that's, I mean, that's really that's cool, really cool right? right? You're like, hey, like I'm in the magazine, but also like I get to contribute and have yeah, my photography. Yeah, it was crazy. It was right. crazy because like after they did the the article, they were like, "Do you guys have any pictures you could send us, whatever?" And I was like, "Yeah, I got a ton of mine." Yeah. So I sent them the little link to the pictures, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, these are really good." Can I ask you to take those? And I was like, "Well, I actually did." I did yeah. And they were like, "Oh well." would you be interested in then, you know, and I was like, that would be so awesome. Right. And it's like, it's crazy because like, like I said before, I never like talk about, you know, the fact that I do shoot or cause really I, it's hard to have time when you have, you know, a restaurant you're running where it's like, Mm -hmm. you gotta be there. Coffee shops going on. Good thing about that. Like I said, because they're so great. Yeah. I don't have to be there, you know, to watch over them. You know, they know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I was able to, you know, do that, yeah. and it's kind of led to other That's opportunities. Awesome. And the Thunder Kiss, how did that come around? What was that? What did that, like, Yeah, um, Yeah, I think so. They were doing something to highlight um, black-owned businesses mm-hmm. for Black History Month. And so um, Nick Gallo mm-hmm. was writing that story, and he reached out. Um, I think it was after I, I posted something about we were coming up on our one year yeah. um, or something, and we kind of— yeah. Did that and talked to them, and they were, you know, great people. Right. Obviously, you know, we're really thankful yeah. to have uh, got to talk with the Thunder and, you know, be featured. It's you know, cool, I think they it? actually put it on, like, the, the home page yeah, or yeah. something. And, like, a couple of days ago, I had a, a cousin. He sent me a screenshot. He was like, yeah, I got an email, and I see you guys on here. Yeah. And he was like, is this real? And I was like, it's really real. It's real. It is real. <laughs> That's awesome. So. What, um, I've always, I don't know. I've always wanted to ask this, right? And my wife's family is Native American side and they have their other days and weeks or whatever. But what is it like? Like me, and this is me throwing, you know, just totally being, I guess, 
not naive, but I don't really know anything about it, but I want to ask it anyway because I think it's important. Sure. What is it like for African-American culture to, like, when it comes around to Black History Month, like, what is, you know, like, how does that feel? Do you feel like it's just, oh, it's just our month and that's it? Like, how how is it perceived, right? Because everyone on, like, I guess my side being a white male or anyone else's side is just like, oh, you know, we get to shine a light and it's a month and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of sad. And that's, sure. I don't like that because, you know, and, and I had a comment on the, on the Instagram recently saying that um, I should feature more, um, you know, people of color and stuff like that. And I yeah. went back through my list. And I was like, JB's been on twice, Hedy Coleman, Vernon. And I just sent this, you know, you know, Saba and all these other people. I'm like, we have, like, it's there. Mm -hmm. Um and I, I kind of initially I was like super defensive about it, and then I was like, well, you know, everyone needs to do better. So I'm sure there are people I've missed. Sure. But what is that like to to have that right? Because there's no White History Month, is there? I don't think there is anyway. And I've never. Oh, Welsh. I'm from Wales, right? There's no <laughs> Welsh History Month. I definitely know that. Um, sure. So what is that like? Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like well, growing up um, when I was like in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to a school that was really like focused on, um, it was led by a black, it was pretty much a black school. Mm -hmm. Um, so we learned, uh, very early on about like our history and our heritage. And so for me, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, I think it's great that we have black history month, but like I said before, it's something I think that needs to continue. It doesn't need sure. to just stop you know, in February or I think June, June is also, um, a month that people are celebrating, you know, it probably will be something where black mm -hmm. lives matters will be a thing, but you know, those are not the only two months right. that should be spotlighting, yeah. um, you know, black history, you know, because the fact of the matter is there's a lot of, uh, African Americans that help shape what America is, yeah. you know, and hopefully, it's giving a lot more local businesses, mm -hmm. you know, a chance to actually get, you know, that that push that we need. Because yeah. that's kind of, I would say that that's really like a downfall of, you know, black owned businesses is that, you know, I think I've touched on it before that they don't get, um, you know, they don't get the opportunity to, or if they do, if we do get the opportunity, we know that advertising costs money. Yeah. And it's like, well... I don't really have a lot to spend on that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's almost like having, you know, having these opportunities, um, I feel like in a way is a good thing because yeah, it kind of helps get a little bit of exposure. Yeah. But, um, you know, it would be awesome to be able to say, oh, yeah, my friend owns such and such. I can right. just call them up and they'll give me a discount or, or whatever. But, you know, in most, most cases that doesn't right. happen for, you know, yeah, black yeah, owned yeah. businesses. So in a sense, I feel like having, um, you know, a time where we're focusing on black history mm -hmm. and, uh, people that have, you know, whatever they're doing, it's a, it's a good thing. But like I said, it's something that shouldn't just be limited to right. one month. One month. Yeah. I mean, it is obviously it's great to be highlighted for a month, but it should it should just continue, shouldn't it? Like it shouldn't just, you know. And it's again, like I I'm terrible at history. I've never had like you know when you come from the UK, like history is quite a big deal back home, and mm -hmm. it goes hundreds years or whatever. Never had any interest in it at all. Uh, so I apologize <laughs> if I've said something that like I everyone else knows. Um, 
But yeah, it's like, I think when we look at events, you're like, why hasn't this happened sooner, right? Why are, mm -hmm. we, why are we now thinking about it? And, and I mean, it's irritating and it's really annoying when you think of that. You're like, hang on, like, we've been around for a while, know, for a while guys. Yeah. Like, you know, like, but I love that you guys had the coffee shop. It's awesome. I love that it came and you were just like, sure, why not? We can figure it out. Like mm -hmm. you did with, you know, with the, the other spot that you had in the restaurant and, and just like jumping in and having that entrepreneurial thing. Yeah, we can figure this out. Like a lot of people, including myself, would have been like, mm, I know nothing about coffee. The last thing I'm going to do is open a coffee shop. <laughs> right. But, but I love that. And it's something that, you know, that you clearly have ingrained in you that, you know, yeah, I just need to go build a team and figure it out and we can make this work. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really awesome to see. And, and, you know, coming, starting this process in, in 2018 and being now this year and having the shop open for a year and having these, you know, to navigate COVID and these milestones and, and you know, having a team that has the creative and, and want and drive to create amazing drinks. Like, you guys are coming a long way. It's really cool. Yeah, it's almost scary. You know, it's almost <laughs> like, it's crazy because I, I, a lot of times I'm like, man, this just doesn't happen. Yeah. You, this is something like... If I were to tell you this story, you'd probably not believe me. Yeah. You know, but yeah, we've yeah. just had some really good favor and, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, my parents and I are believers and we kind of just feel like God has pushed us in a way to where, you know, maybe we always were people that wanted to reach communities, but we just didn't know mm -hmm. how that would happen yeah. or, you know, but hopefully, you know, we can use the coffee shop as a, uh, kind of like a cornerstone we you know that area it's a uh, the jfk neighborhood uh -huh. um and that the school that sits right across the street from the coffee shop um actually is an apartment apartment complex now yeah but um you know there's so much history there i hope that you know people that aren't from oklahoma can come through there yeah. and see you know oh man there's a lot of history here um kind of like we would if we were going downtown yeah. you know you can find all the little, you know, little small places, mm -hmm. you know, we just want to be one of those types yeah. of places. Yeah. And it's great to have a spot that, you know, like you guys can, can kind of cement your belief and your, and stand for something. And, you know, it, it's bigger than just you and your family, right? There's a lot more that goes to it. And it's cool to have that, a place that people can come and hang out and have a drink and get their work done or whatever it is. I mean, that's, it's pretty awesome, which is something that like, from listening to the story that's something that you've kind of had you know for the last kind of 10 years mm -hmm. uh going into the future i mean we know we're in well this will go out what are we almost in march we're in march coming up and what is kind of plans for the rest of your goals and all that kind of thing and and how do you see hopefully we navigate the end of covid now <laughs> right. and we we'll, don't have to worry about that ever again mm -hmm. um but yeah what's kind of like i guess plan for the rest of the year yeah, um, for us, uh, plan is to kind of continue um, as far as the coffee shop. We still have the specials. Mm -hmm. uh, summertime, I think we're probably going to bring the uh, cereal milk lattes back. Um, but we want to start getting coffees from different um, places, yeah, like different companies. Um, hopefully, like some black-owned coffee roasteries. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's something that is kind of pressing yeah. right now is that something that you would want to start yourself oh most definitely yeah most definitely that's awesome we uh we want to you know open up a roastery where we actually roast beans yeah in-house you know and we can also you know 
basically do what like a prelude's doing or sure. what a killer is doing. Um, you know, so that's something for sure that we would love to get in. I'm not sure how soon that would yeah, happen, yeah. but um, that's one thing, you know, on the coffee side, restaurant side, um, we're planning on opening up our food trailer mm-hmm. pretty soon. Hopefully um, we have, you know, a project coming up that, yeah. you know, I think, you know, the good thing is the area we're in, because we're the first ones there, yeah. we kind of get leeway to do a little bit of what we want to do. Right. Yeah. And so uh, we have a project we're coming, and I think that, I'm not going to say too much about it, but yeah. once it gets here, it's going to be something that really, like, will tie into that neighborhood. Sure. And people, for sure, I feel like it's going to help bring pe- more people to the coffee shop, but it'll be a, a nice little hangout spot that people want to come to. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of would put you in the mind of like a blue garden. Gotcha. So yeah, I think that that's a, you know, something we're really looking forward to starting through the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, when the sun comes out, right. (laughs) When the sun comes out and it's not, you know, a blizzard outside. (laughs) Right. So glad to see the rest of that gone. (laughs) I, I hate the cold. Uh, well, Tori, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Um, I know everyone loves the coffee and if they haven't been or tried it, they need to, uh, we'll post the the website and the social media links in the description so they can go to that. Uh, and then where, if they want to reach out to you, where can they reach out to you individually? Um, you can reach out to me at my Instagram page. That's the, what I, use the most it's going to be at t beach 32 t beach t b e e c h in the number three two awesome well again thanks so much for coming down i really really appreciate it and oh, i'm so i'm bummed I'm, I'm not gonna be able to drink that uh birthday cake oh you're not tomorrow gonna be to... no i'm busy tomorrow oh it's so annoying however oh, there will be man. another one next year uh there the will. second birthday so i'll definitely <laughs> make that one but um for everyone listening we'll catch we might you. have some on monday oh, we might if I we might have, have to send if you a we text. have some syrup open and we have some okay. little syrup left we'll um, Take care you. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thanks uh, for coming down. And, and for everyone listening, I will post the links down in the description and you can go and, and reach out to Tori or follow the coffee shop or go get some coffee um, and check the spot out because it's a really cool spot. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com definitely on instagram at oklahoma hof catch you next episode cheers thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories for more great oklahoma content follow this is oklahoma on facebook and instagram